The Wasted Gift, or Just a Minute, from Mrs. Whittlesey's Magazine for Mothers and Daughters, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Patterson. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Ecclesiastes 9.10 Dear mother, said little Emily Manvers, as she turned over the leaves of an elegant annual which he had just received, is not Uncle Albert very kind to send me this beautiful book? I wonder sometimes that he gives me such costly presents, but I suppose it's because he sees me so careful of my gifts. Mrs. Manvers smiled. That speech sounds rather egotistic, my dear. Do you really think you are such a very careful little girl? I am sure, mother, replied Emily, coloring slightly, that I take more care of my things than many other girls I know. There is my wax doll I have had three years, and she is not even soiled, and that handsome paint-box uncle gave me a year ago this Christmas is in as good order as ever. Though I have used it a great deal, there is not one paint lost or broken, and the brushes and crayons are all safe and perfect. That is as it should be, my daughter, returned Mrs. Manvers, for even in small things we should use our gifts as not abusing them. But what will you say when I tell you that you possess a treasure of inestimable value, which you often misuse sadly and neglect most heedlessly, a gift that properly employed will procure wonderful privileges, but which I sometimes fear you will never learn to value until you are about to lose it forever? Why, mother, what can you mean? exclaimed Emily in astonishment. It can't be that costly fan cousin Henry sent me from India. That was broken when I laid it down just a minute. Instead of putting it immediately away, or do you mean my pet dove that I sometimes have not a minute's time to feed in the morning? You cannot surely think that I will let it starve. No, Emily, answered the mother. It is something far more precious than either. Although by your own admission you have two gifts, of which you are not at all careful, but I fear that if I tell you what the treasure is, I shall fail in making you see clearly how much you misuse it. I will therefore keep a little memorandum of your neglect and ill usage of it for one week, and that I hope will make you more careful in the future. I will begin on Monday, as tomorrow being the Sabbath, I have this gift of yours more under my immediate care. Emily wondered very much what this wonderful treasure could be that she used so badly, and puzzled her brain the whole evening in guessing, but her mother told her to have patience, and in a week she would find out. Emily Manvers was a kind, amiable little girl, between ten and eleven years old. She was dutiful and obedient, but had an evil habit of procrastination which her mother had tried in vain to overcome. It was always time enough with Emily to do everything, and consequently her lessons were frequently imperfect, 
and her wardrobe in a sad state as mrs manvers insisted upon her daughter sewing on strings and hooks and eyes when they were wanting thus endeavouring to instil early habits of neatness put not off till to-morrow what should be done to-day was a copy the little girl frequently wrote but she never allowed its meaning to sink into her heart it was this truth which her mother hoped now to teach her on monday morning emily jumped up as soon as her mother called her and seated herself on a low stool to put on her shoes and stockings there was a story-book lying upon the table and as her eyes fell on it she began to think over all the stories it contained some of them quite silly ones i'm sorry to say and pulling her nightdress over her feet sat thinking about worse than nothing until her mother opened the bedroom door and exclaimed in surprise what not dressed yet emily it is full fifteen minutes since i called you i will be dressed directly mother she said jumping up quite ashamed and she hurriedly put on her clothes brushed her hair and prepared for breakfast after breakfast she had to look over her lessons but remembering her mother's remarks she stole a few minutes to feed her doves and then hurried to school afraid of being late on her return home in the afternoon her mother told her to mend her gloves which she had torn emily went to her work basket but could not find her thimble where can my thimble be she cried after looking two or three minutes for it oh i remember now i left it on the window-sill and off she ran to get it she was gone some time and on her return her mother asked couldn't you find your thimble emily yes mamma but james and george were flying their kites so i stopped just a minute to look at them i will sit down now she opened her work-box and took out a needle then looking about said why where is my cotton spool i left it on a chair a minute ago she moved the chairs turned up the hearth-rug and tumbled over her work-box in vain the cotton could not be found presently she espied puss under the sofa busily employed tossing something about with her paw oh you naughty kitty you have got my spool cried emily as she stooped down and caught hold of the thread which puss had entangled about the sofa legs but kitty was in a playful mood and would not give up the cotton spool at once so emily amused herself playing with the cat and thread for some time longer at last she remembered her gloves and sitting down mended them in a few moments had emily's mother told her that she looked at her watch when the little girl first went for the thimble and that she had passed exactly three-quarters of an hour in idleness she would not have credited it after a while mrs manvers sent emily upstairs to get something for her she stayed so long that her mother called emily what keeps you so nothing mamma i stopped just a minute to look at my new sash it is so pretty ten minutes more were added to the wasted time the next day emily came home from school without any ticket for punctuality how is this asked the mother 
you started from home in good time. Yes, mother, returned the little girl. But I stopped just a minute to speak to Sarah Randall, and I know our school clock must be wrong, for it was half past nine by it when I went in. Mrs. Manvers took the trouble to walk around the school and compare her watch with a clock. They agreed exactly, and thus she found her daughter had wasted half an hour that morning. Do you know your lessons, Emily? she asked, after her return, as the little girl had been sitting for more than an hour with her books upon her lap. Not quite, mother. Have you been studying all the time, my dear? Pretty near. There was a man beating his horse dreadfully, and I just looked out of the window a minute. Mrs. Manvers smiled and yet sighed, for she knew that Emily had spent half an hour humming a tune and gazing idly from the window upon the passers-by. That evening, a little schoolmate came to visit her. They played several amusing games, and Emily stayed up much past her usual hour. The next morning, when her mother called her, she felt very sleepy and unwilling to rise. So instead of jumping up at once, she turned her head on the pillow, thinking, I will get up in a minute. But in less than that minute, she was fast asleep again, and did not awake until aroused by Mary the nurse, whose voice sounded close in her ear, exclaiming, Why, Miss Emily, are you in bed yet? Here, have I been looking all through the house and garden for you? Jump up quick, breakfast is just over. You may be sure Emily did not wait a second bidding, but hurrying on her clothes, hastened downstairs without even thinking about saying her prayers, which no little child should ever forget to do, because it is the kind and merciful God who keeps us safely through the night, and our first thoughts, when we awaken, should be gratitude to him for protecting us, and we should pray to him to keep us all day out of sin and danger, and teach us how to improve the time which he has entrusted to our care. Emily thought of none of these things, but ran down to the breakfast room, feeling rather ashamed of being so late. Her papa had finished his breakfast and gone out when her mother looked up to the clock. As she entered, she saw that it wanted twenty minutes to nine. How very late is it, thought the little girl, as she hurried off to school. Mama always calls me at seven. I did not think I had slept so long. Despite all Emily's haste, she was too late. School had commenced when she entered, and worse than all, she did not know her lessons and was kept in an hour after the rest were dismissed. She could not study the evening before and had depended upon an hour's study before breakfast, but her unlucky morning nap left her no time to think about lessons before school, and her consequent disgrace was the punishment. The little girl returned home that day very unhappy. Emily had not forgotten the conversation about the wasted gift, and had determined to give no opportunity for her mother to complain. She thought she was very careful that week, but never imagined how much of the precious gift she wasted each day in idleness. The day after her unfortunate disgrace in school, she brought down several articles of dress that needed repairing, 
and seated herself at the window to work her mother had promised to take her out with her and emily had finished her mending first she plied the needle very steadily for a while but presently her attention was attracted by the opposite neighbors look mamma she exclaimed there is mrs dodson and lucy they are just going out and lucy has on a new hat well my dear returned her mother quietly it is not unusual for people to get new bonnets at this season emily felt a little abashed at this reply but could not refrain from casting furtive glances across the way the afternoon was fine and the street was filled with well-dressed people the little girl watched the passers-by holding her needle listlessly in her fingers and presently cried out did you see that lady mamma how oddly she was dressed no answered mrs manvers i am attending to my work now but i hope soon to join the promenaders myself emily stole a glance at her mother to see whether her countenance implied reproof but mrs manvers's eyes were fixed upon her work and the little girl again endeavored to fix her attention upon her sewing at length mrs manvers rose and put aside her work-basket i am going to dress emily she said very well mother i will be ready in a minute replied her daughter and she followed her mother upstairs emily tossed over her bureau in vain to find a clean pair of pantalets and then she remembered of having taken several pairs downstairs to mend she ran hastily down and selected the best pair some of the buttonholes were torn out but she could not wait to mend them now so hastily pinning on the pantalets she dressed and joined her mother as they pursued their walk emily felt something about her feet and looking down discovered her pantalets she hastily stooped to pull them off and the pin scratched her foot severely mrs manvers saw all this but said nothing she knew that her daughter had wasted time enough to have mended all her pantalets and she added another hour to the already long account of wasted minutes in her memorandum the following day was friday and it was part of emily's duties on this day to arrange her bureau drawers and put her closet in order she went upstairs after dinner with this intention but there were so many little gifts and keepsakes in her drawers to be successfully admired and thought over so many sashes to unfold and odd gloves to be paired that the whole afternoon was consumed and the tea-bell rang before she had quite finished the second draw and consequently the duty of that day remained to be finished on the next well my little girl said her father the next morning i hope you will have my handkerchief nicely hemmed by this afternoon you have had it several days now and i supposed it is nearly finished i shall want it as i am going away after dinner you shall have it papa replied emily she did not like to tell him that the handkerchief was not yet commenced as she felt quite sure she could finish it in time and determined to begin immediately after breakfast when she went upstairs to get the handkerchief out of the drawer she saw her bureau was yet in disorder mamma will be displeased to see this she thought 
and I shall have time enough to put it in order and hem Papa's handkerchief beside. She went eagerly to work, but the bureau took her longer than she anticipated, and when her father came home to dinner, she had not finished his handkerchief. Now she made her needle fly, but her industry came too late. Her father could not wait, and Emily had the mortification of hearing him say, I hope my handkerchief will not be like my gloves that you kept so long to mend, and Mama had to finish after all. She cried bitterly after he was gone, but managed through her tears to finish the handkerchief at last, and carried it to her mother, asking her to beg her Papa's forgiveness. After tea was over, Mrs. Manvers called Emily to her, and folding her arm fondly around the little girl's waist, pointed to a small book lying open upon the table, saying as she did so, Do you remember, my love, our conversation last Saturday night upon the subject of your gifts? Oh, yes, Mama, and you told me you would keep an account of my ill usage of one of them. I have done so, my dear, and now tell me, can you not imagine what this gift is which you so much abuse? Indeed, I cannot, Mamma, replied the little girl with a sigh. Mrs. Manvers placed the memorandum book in her daughter's hand without saying a word. There, written at the head of the page, were these words, Emily's Waste of Time and beneath was quite a long column of figures and a list of duties unfulfilled. Oh, Mama, cried Emily, throwing herself upon her mother's breast. It is time, precious time. That is the gift I waste. But surely I have not spent so many idle minutes in just one week. I am sorry to say that you have, my dear daughter. All these, and even more, I have promised to keep an account, and I have done so. Add them up and see how many there are. Emily added up the figures with tearful eyes and said, There are 420, Mama. And how many hours does that make, Emily? The little girl thought a moment and then answered, Seven hours. Very well. Then you see you've wasted seven hours in a week, which could make 364 in a year. And if you should live the allotted period of life, which would be 60 years from the present time, you will willfully waste 21,840 hours of precious time God has given you in which to work out his will. Oh, dear Mama, it does not seem possible, I am sure. I don't know how the time slips away, said Emily sadly. I will tell you, my love, replied Mrs. Manvers. It slips away in just a minute. As uncounted drops of water form the sea, so do millions of minutes make up the sum of life. But so small are they that they pass without our heeding them. Yet once gone, they come back to us no more. Time is the one talent, the precious gift which God has bestowed upon all his creatures, and which we are bound to improve. Every hour brings its duty. And do you think it is right, Emily, to leave that duty unfulfilled? Emily hung her head. 
while tears slowly coursed down her cheek. Do you not see, my dear, that by idling away the precious moments, you crowd the duty of one hour into the next, so your task can never be finished, or at best very imperfectly? If you reflect, the experience of the past week will tell you this. I have kept this memorandum on purpose to convince you of your sinful waste of the most precious of all gifts, the time which our Master allows us here to work out our happiness hereafter. Remember, my love, that you are accountable to Him for your use of His gifts, and a proper improvement of time will not only save you many mortifications and produce much pleasure and comfort to yourself and all about you, but it is a duty you owe to God who bestowed it. Do not think me unnecessarily earnest, my dear little girl. The subject is of fearful importance, and this habit of putting off till tomorrow what should be done today is your greatest fault. Remember hereafter that whatsoever thine hand findeth to do, do it now with all thy might, and then I shall have no more occasion to remind you of the wasted gift. Emily never forgot the lesson of that week, but gradually overcame the evil habits of idleness and procrastination, which were becoming fixed before she was made fully aware of their danger, and the long life of usefulness attested the good impression left upon her mind by her mother's memorandum of the wasted gift end of the wasted gift or just a minute from mrs whittlesey's magazine for mothers and daughters volume three